I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Pursuing your future doesn't end at 40. In fact, it may mark the beginning of knowing who you are, what you're capable of, and what you really want. But knowing what's next and how to get there can be a challenge, especially when old narratives play on repeat. Liberty Road is here to share stories so that you can consider your possibilities, pursue your purpose, and move into your future with intention. I'm your host, Netta Jones, and we're here to listen, learn, and liberate dreams one episode at a time. Well, hello, Liberty listeners. Welcome to another episode of Liberty Road. Today, I actually am interviewing Shannon McKinstry, who I have known since I think she was in elementary school. Right, Shannon? Is it really elementary? Mm -hmm. And now she is a woman in her 40s. What? Mm -hmm. What's happening? Early 40s. Yes. Just broke the barrier. Just did it. Just did it. But I wanted to have Shannon on because she is a social media expert like none other. Her ability to call you into her space and your understanding of social media is off the charts and you're going to see for yourself. Shannon, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited about this. I know. It's so fun. I have to tell you a funny thing. So I think it was the first time my kids met you. Mm -hmm. You were maybe working at CNN or maybe you had you were somewhere in between. You were visiting your mom. Yes, I was right in, the, in between. Yeah. And on the way to her house for dinner, we were driving by the White House and my husband said, oh, look, kids, the White House. And we got in a car accident and there were like police everywhere. And we... <laughs> It was, it's a hilarious story. So now the family joke is, look, kids, the White House. <laughs> when I said that I was going to be interviewing you, um, he said, oh, look, kids, the White House, Shannon. I was like, yeah, that's Shannon. 
<laughs> so there you go. That is so funny. Isn't I forgot that about the accident. Yes. yes. Anywho, so tell us a little bit about all the things you do because you're a social media expert, a consultant, and you teach. And I say mm-hmm. that to be inclusive of all of the coaching and the consulting that you do. But tell us more specifically about your work. Yeah. So I do a lot of different things, <laughs> but like you said, mainly my whole purpose is to kind of mentor and train people. I started as a social media manager, meaning I was fully managing people's profiles. I would log in as them, do their content, engage as them, right? And I loved doing that, but, you know, social media, as much as a lot of us need social media managers for help, I really discovered I actually really like the teaching aspect because I really want to help people do it themselves because a lot of people want to do it. They just don't know how. Or the way I teach them, they're like, actually, I've got this. I can do this. And that is way more rewarding for me than just taking over someone's account. So I also train, I mentor, I do everything from team trainings to one-on-one work, but really my whole mission is just to kind of take the complicated stuff out of it and kind of help people have fun with it again and just do it in an organic way that's proven to work because I've done everything organically in a doable way, right? I've got two kids. I don't have help, you know, I obviously have my husband, but I don't have them in daycare. My daughter is now in school, but when I started my business and started growing my Instagram, she was home with me full time and I was juggling client loads. So I'm proof that it can be done and it doesn't have to be as complicated as a lot of people out there make it to be. Yeah. I'm going to ask you very specific questions since this is an expert episode. We're going to get into the meat soon, but Mm -hmm. keep kind of sharing your background because we love for our listeners to know how you got where you are today. I kind of hinted at the fact that you spent some time at CNN. How did that inform the work that you're doing today? What were you doing there that kind of led to this love of social media? Yeah. I know it's funny because I was actually like, wait, I think we went to visit you in New York when we went to SNL. Yes. Yes. Remember me and my best friend Musu? And I was like, I think we stayed at Netta's. And it was going to SNL that made me realize I wanted to go into TV. Mm-hmm. So then I started studying television production in high school, went on to Virginia Tech, studied the same thing, and then landed what I thought was my dream job at CNN. But, you know, it was overnights, it was weekends, it was holidays, and I wanted to have a family one day. <laughs> but my love of media and marketing was still there, but no one would hire me in marketing because my skill set was so TV, media, media, media. Mm-hmm. But at the time, that's when MySpace and Facebook were starting to become part of our culture, mm-hmm. which is aging me. But, you know, it was like early 2000s. And I was like, this is so fun. And it's honestly what kept me company during overnights and holidays and being away from my family in Atlanta. And then years later, um, I just really struggled to find my place in the corporate world and felt very insecure and not smart. and was just like, I can't be creative in these spaces. And that's when Facebook started going from personal to business. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute. And it was funny because during that time, my friends would always come to me and be like, Shannon, what should I caption my family vacay? What should I? I was always the friend that they were like, I need something funny and cheeky. And I loved that. And everyone's like, you should be a social media manager. I'm like, no one is paying people to do this. And at the time, they weren't. So when I got into it, I was not making a lot of money. But you know, my husband supported me and was like, go for it. Because I was like, I, I'm miserable working in a job that I'm miserable at. And I just had my first daughter and I was like, I don't want to leave her. So long story short, media was always my love. I still love the news. I can't go a day without watching the news, even though it's depressing, but I love media. I love marketing. I love it all. And then social media just became this 
full like ecosystem of what I love. I was like, oh my gosh, I can do my video. I love photography. I can do text. I can do copywriting. I'm like, this is it. This is what I was meant to do. I guess I was born in the right generation <laughs> in the right timeline because it, you know, I would have ended up working in a cubicle doing something I hated the rest of my life if it wasn't for social media. It also seems to, and people will know this as they get to know you through this interview mm-hmm. and going on to your social, but it really takes advantage of your personality. Like mm-hmm. you're so warm and inviting and fun and people want to hang out with you. And so you're able to draw people into that world, into your world. Mm-hmm. I don't want to skip ahead and start asking a question. So let's put a pin in that, but not everybody okay. is you. So let's come back to that in a second. Right. Before we kind of get into all of that. Tell us a little bit about your offerings. Like how do people work with Shannon McKinstry, the person, the brand, the company? Like what are the different kind of programs you have out there? So I have a few things. Um, One is the membership. That's the quickest way to get access to me and help from people. We have about over 300 members, all female entrepreneurs and dozens of industries represented. We wanted to make sure there was a safe space for business owners who were overwhelmed by Instagram specifically. We teach other platforms too, but where they didn't have to pay some crazy high price tag to get access to experts and also just proven resources like captions and here's the audios to use and all that stuff. So it's kind of your one-stop shop for content creation for Mm -hmm. all platforms and building your brand online. And all ages, all over the world, it's it's a really cool place. So that's called the Social Squad Society. And we have live calls as well. But yeah, it's an awesome membership and it's it's blown into something I never could have imagined. So that's been really cool. And then working with me one-on-one, I do offer Instagram audits, which mm-hmm. I love doing because, you know, I just go into your account and go change this, do this. This could be better here. Uh, really helping people understand like what's going to work for them, not just what's going to work for the algorithm, <laughs> like mm-hmm. what's going to just work in general. And then I also have a Reels program, and then I also have one-on-one intensive. So I've got a lot of ways to work with me. It just depends on you know people's budgets, their goals. But a lot of people grab the audit so that they're you know they've got the framework, the foundation, and then they jump into the society. And then everything I teach them in the audit, they then feel really confident in just diving in into the membership. I was going to say, the audit seems to be a great place to start. I would Mm -hmm. actually love to do an audit with you because it informs us of what we're doing. I don't want to say wrong, but how we're not reaching who we want to reach sort of is a nice way to like get a 101 on what we should be doing here in social media in addition to you helping us clean it up. And then I think the language and a little bit of understanding of the algorithm and all that then helps us go into the membership because now we have kind of the language, the lingo. Mm-hmm. You take away a little bit of that, like, oh, what am I doing here? Right. I can see how that would be a great way to start. I also wanted you to answer the question because it's good, for, I think, for our listeners to hear about how you took an expertise and kind of scaled it, created programs mm-hmm. around it. Mm-hmm. Which one was the first one you started? Ooh, Well, management. Okay. I still have it. I just don't talk about it because we're always booked. Yeah. But the management. And then the next was the intensives and the consulting calls. And those are a lot of fun, but I find they're almost too overwhelming sometimes for people. And the audit is just a perfect way to optimize, like you said, not do anything wrong, but just like how to optimize your content, how to optimize your profile and how to nail your brand voice. Because that's like a lot what people skip over that and they just yeah. go right to, okay, I need to post this many times. I need to use these hashtags. I'm like, 
do you know who you're talking to <laughs> yet? Yeah. Let's start there. And yeah. that's kind of what we dive into with the audit. Because I found that, you know, sometimes the intensive, it's like they're not quite ready for it yet. Yeah. So that's why the audit's a great place to start for most people. I can see how that could be not just overwhelming, but again, uh, it's not the baby steps that you might need. Right. And then if you're overwhelmed, you're not going to end up doing the work that you need to do to mm-hmm. get the connection that you need to get, which is really yep. ultimately what it's all about. So enough about you. We're going to get into your expertise. And listeners, you can learn more about Shannon. We'll have her Instagram handle as well as um, her URL. So you can find out more about her in the show notes. Okay. So I just want to kind of tap into this brilliant social media brain of yours. Let's answer the question that I put a pin in, first of all. How do people kind of get out of their own way when they're not this bright, shiny, fun personality, Mm -hmm. or maybe they are, but they don't know how to pull it out because they're alone in a room by themselves with a camera? What are some of the tools or tricks or things that you even do for yourself to, to draw out that energy? I mean, I just straight up tell them like your first stories and your first reels, your first podcast, like it's going to be awkward. It might be cringe. Like when I go back to my first reels, I'm like, oh gosh. And I had spent years on Instagram stories, but still reels are different. I didn't feel myself in my first reels, if that makes sense. Uh I didn't feel myself in my first Instagram stories. So just know that like, you're not going to be like, wow, I nailed that the first time. That's okay. Just like the first speaking gig you, you do, it might not be your best. So just kind of give yourself that grace. It's practice. It might not feel totally authentically you, but the more you show up, people are going to be like, I know you. And this is what I always tell people. I'm like, if you, if someone ran into you that follows you on the street is the first thing out of their mouth is, oh my gosh, I feel like I already know you. Mm. And that's when you know you're doing something right. But the biggest way to do that is just one, know that you're just going to be a little uncomfortable and that's okay. It's fine. No one cares. Like no one's, you're not going to die because you put a Instagram story up that that you waited too long to start talking. It's no one cares. It's fine. The second thing is act like you're talking to the people that know you the most, you know, and I used to say LinkedIn was kind of like how you show up at your office. Facebook's how you show up at the family reunion and Instagram's how you show up with your besties. Now I feel like it's the same all around, but that used to be what I would say back in the day. But you know, LinkedIn's got a lot more casual and things like that, but it really is like Instagram is where people want to have fun. They want to get to know the person. So the more you can show up as you and the more stories and reels that you do while you figure out your voice, because sometimes our voice is different online because we're not, we're just not used to it. Um, But you'll get there. And now I just show up my goofy self. If I'm not having a good day, I do not show up and act like I am. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. Don't pretend like everything's hunky-dory if it's not. But yeah, those are my biggest two things is look at the camera like you're talking to your best friend and just know that the first few stories or reels might not be exactly what you might want them to be. But if you're trying to be someone you're not, that's where it's extremely cringy and people can feel it. I tell people all the time, if I'm not excited about a piece of content or I'm not excited to show my face, I'm not doing it because they're going to feel it. If I'm excited to talk to my community, they know it. And that's when I show up and talk to them. But I don't even know at this point what I'm thinking of when I look at the phone, it's become so second nature. Like even today I was like, oh, I haven't hopped on. I need to go on there and say hello. And I was just like, oh, here's what I'm doing today. And that's what most people want. They just want to know what you've been doing today. They want to know what you're eating, what you're drinking, what what show you're watching. It doesn't have to be a sales pitch every time. 
Um, so just get on there and talk about something you're passionate about. Tell a funny story. Um, there's a lot of people on Instagram and TikTok too that are super monotone, not excitable, and they're they're doing great. Yeah. You don't have to be this rambunctious, fun, exciting. The magic is in the mundane is what I always tell people. Like whatever it is that's on your heart, talk about it and people will listen. Thank you for that, first of all. But I'm working out my personal problems on the podcast. I've, I've figured this out because I'm asking this question <laughs> time and time again. But I'm going to use myself as a guinea pig. I have an issue where the brand is Liberty Road. It's not Netta Jones. Netta Jones is the mm. founder. Netta Jones is the host. Netta Jones is the CEO. Netta Jones is also a woman in midlife who's going through the mm -hmm. problems that the audience is, right? So how do I show up in a way that's helpful for the audience, but still maintain that this isn't the Netta Jones show? I'm not an influencer. I'm not trying to be. I'm trying to build a brand. How do I and other people like me show up when mm -hmm. that's our reality or that's what we're trying to build? No, I love that because I work with a lot of businesses that are, or brick and mortar, mm -hmm. right? They want to see the clothes. They're like, they don't care about who opened it. I'm like, yeah, they do. So you could do things like what Netta's loving right now. And then you also highlight with other employees, right? Because well, we all want to follow people. Mm -hmm. And when you share more about like maybe a day in the life of Netta, maybe even do a day in the life of someone else. And that really reinforces there's more than just one person behind the curtain. But you could also kind of test. It's all about testing, right? Everything we put on social media is a test. Did this work? Did this land? Did people care? Um, and it could even be a fun series where it's like, hey, Netta's biggest life lessons in during middle life, part one. And I think just saying Netta, they know like, oh, that's the founder. And you could say from our founder, mm -hmm. from our founder. Those are really powerful words because it's like, oh, you know, this isn't just the Netta Jones show. This is a whole community of women. If you think of makeup lines, right? Everyone knows the names of the founders, but when you look at their Instagram, there's all sorts of different faces and diversity. But then every once in a while, there's the founder story or there's an inspirational quote from them or there's a day in the life, things like that. But I know right now, and this, this is what's working so well for all my clients right now on social media, is just sharing, number one, really thought-provoking thoughts and opinions that kind of break through the, you know, kind of disrupt what we've heard or thought. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Number two, just like, what are your favorite things right now, consumer products-wise, mm -hmm. tool-wise? What does so well for my clients right now is like, and a lot of them, they are, there's more than one person there. They own boutiques, they own whatever. It's like, here's what our employees are loving right now. Here's what our employees order. Here's my favorite... Um, way to blah, 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 as a founder and CEO of a XYZ. So that again, positions you as an expert, reminds your audience why you're there, what your core values are, while also reminding them this is a, this is a brand. This isn't just about the one person, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, again, just like, I know Tarte's been on TikTok big time. <laughs> it's a makeup line and, and they have their, their founder and, um, while she's not the face, like I didn't even know what her face looked like until TikTok and all the stuff around them was happening, but she'll sneak in there every once in a while and do a get ready with me. And she's in her late forties, I believe. Yeah. And a lot of other people aren't, but then it's kind of a reminder, this is who she is. So I think that's the best way to do it is just bring you into the story of it. 
and position you as almost like it's written by someone else. Yeah. Like, here's what our founder, Netta Jones, had to say about this statement that came out in the news about XYZ. And that would be in in the kind of caption, but then it could also be break to a video of me saying XYZ. Yes. And even if it's like clips of your podcast and we love this point from our founder, right? It just, again, reiterates that this is more than just a one woman show. When you were saying TikTok and beauty, I I thought of Bobby Brown, who Mm -hmm, is doing mm -hmm. an interesting job with Jones Road. So it seems like on Instagram, it's showing up. If you go to Jones Road, it's showing up as just the makeup, the models, Mm -hmm. things like that. I don't know if she's showing up as much, maybe in stories. I'm not sure. On her personal Instagram, obviously, it's all about her. But Mm -hmm. on TikTok, she is constantly showing up and talking about things outside of makeup. Like she's exploded there. That's exactly it. Talking about what it's like to be in her 60s, talking about what it was like to not be able to launch a brand because Estee Lauder had the name and, you know, kind of Mm. all the things. It's been interesting to use her sort of as an example uh, as to like, okay, how does one do this where there's a brand and a founder and they're both very connected, but also these independent sort of entities? Well, I love that. And I brought up makeup because like, same with you, that's what you notice. And because it is a product, it's a brand and they make a lot of money. And um, I always tell people, I'm like, go look what the big brands are doing. And Mm -hmm. it's funny, even because I work with some like... um, you know, people in food and hospitality too. I'm like, go look at what Panera is doing. Go look at Taco yeah. Bell. I, I know it's like, they're not in that world yeah. of fast food, but I'm like, go look. It looks like a personal page. It's, or just kind of like a funny memes. It's people, it's the employees. It's, you don't see so much the founder, yeah. but I think for brand brands like that, with especially women and female led, really look at the makeup skincare people. They know what they're doing because it's a crazy competitive industry. But even the girl that started it cosmetics, I can't even think of her name right now. I know exactly what she looks like. Yeah, I know who you're And I know her too. whole story. And I yes. know her again by sharing your stuff by Bobby Brown talking about her, it also reestablishes those core values. But like I said, the thought leadership is so huge right now. If you want a post to do very well on Instagram right now, share a controversial opinion. And it doesn't have to be something like crazy. I share stuff like that all the time. It's not ruffling crazy feathers, but it's enough to get people to go, I've never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Or use an analogy to share why you do what you do. Like we just love stories. We love getting to know the people. Um, so that's another thing you could do is just, just basic storytelling of other people in your community, just to really drive it home again, that that's why people are on social media anyway, to follow people, to feel validated, to feel like they belong and when they're in this little bubble of a community they trust, they're happy. And they keep coming back for more. And that's what it's about. For sure. It's what I go back to. I don't know why I separate myself from what I enjoy looking at and what we're trying to create. Right. Isn't that funny? We do that. Yeah. You get sort of frozen. And I think, you know, it's not always about the cute images and captions. It's it's really kind of something else that, that we need to get over. It's some other hump that we need to navigate. What do you think in talking to so many people through your membership, let's just say, and even through your kind of one-on-ones, what do you think it is that we're trying to get over? Is it fear? Is it that we don't think we're going to have the impact that we want? Is it that we don't know what we're doing technologically? Like, what is it that you see people are struggling with? 
I love this question. I really think, and I actually did a reel on it on Monday because I was just very oh. worked up. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good, good, good. Um, I think we've gotten lost. I think we've gotten completely lost and we've forgotten our message. Every time I get on a one-on-one with someone in my intensives, people that join the membership will be like, and even someone the other day in the, in the Facebook group was like, hey, I'm trying to make this real uh, for my fitness program, blah, 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 blah. And that's all she said. I was like, how are your people feeling right now? What's your message? How many fitness programs are there? Why do they invest in yours? Mm-hmm. And they have no idea. And I'm like, if, if you can't tell me why someone chooses you over that person, then we have work to do. And everyone is just like, I got to get on TikTok. I got to get on Instagram. I got to get on Twitter. I got to do this content. And they've forgotten what their message is. I'm like, why are you here? What are you doing? Why did you start? We didn't start to freak out about a number of posts and a number of hashtags. We started to blank. What is that? What is that thing? Right? I started because I saw people that were struggling and I was like, you guys, this should be really fun. And it's, Mm. you guys are taking the fun out of it. Not my clients, the the gurus. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So again, that's my mission. And you got to remember that every time you're doing a post, does this align with your message? And a lot of times they forget because they get so caught up in how to grow, what to do. So I tell everyone, I'm like, what's your message? And when you think about your message, you kind of let go of the fear because you're like, no, this needs to be heard. Mm -hmm. And I know every time I see something that goes against what I believe, I'm like, oh, I mean, I get really fired up and I'm like, I'm making content now. So, um, you know, get worked up, like stand for something, talk about why you're here. And again, people will listen. People always say to me, they're like, you're like really into what you do. I'm like, yeah, I am Yeah, obsessively into it. And if you're not, that could be part of the problem, but I know you are, but I know a lot of people, I'm like, you know, some people are just trying to, you know, supplement their income or whatever it is. But I'm like, why did you start? What's your why? Maybe it isn't the product that you're selling that you're super hyped about, but your kids are your why. Then get on there and talk about that. Let people get to know you. But I think, like you said, it is fear. It's all this, but it all comes down. All that fear goes out the window and all that, what do I do? What do I say is gone when you go back to your message and you've got to lock down your marketing message. That's step one. Everyone misses that step. Mm. Unless they've been doing this longer, like you and I have been doing this a long time. I knew my message long before I had the imposter syndrome and all this stuff, right? I feel very lucky that I started before everyone was on social media and all the competition was out there because I was very new to this industry. So there wasn't a lot of competition. So I had no one to kind of compare what I'm doing to. And I just did everything the opposite of what everyone said because I was like, that doesn't sit well with me. And I just think back to like Shannon 10 years ago. And if I still have the same message and I do. You were kind enough to include me when you said we've, we know our marketing message, but I would say I've faltered quite a bit. I run into people at the grocery store who are saying mm-hmm. hi and, you know, and like, what are you up to? Are you still supporting women? Like, yay. Mm-hmm. And, and that's my fault. I constantly mm-hmm. say that's my fault. Or if they know me, from when I was a consultant, I'm like, okay, Mm. I haven't gotten the message that we're doing this other work. Now, in fairness, we're building right now and there's a lot that's coming and there's a lot that's going to be launching at the end of the year. And I've had my head buried deep in Mm. that work. But I think that we assume, this is going to be a question. I think that we assume that people know what we're doing. We are so (laughs) in our heads. Can you recommend an exercise that we do with somebody just to be like maybe short of your audit, just to be 
in touch objectively with what we're not saying yeah. so we can know how to show up and how to get on there and kind of reiterate what we, or not reiterate, say for the first time, like, this is what I do. This is what I believe in. This is why we're here. This is why you should be following Mm -hmm. us. And by the way, it's not just the people we're trying to go get. It's the people who have already committed and are showing up on your feet, Mm -hmm. you know, serving them. There was an old marketing rule of seven (laughs) that was, People believe that, you know, after seven touches or seven times being exposed to a brand, that that's what it took for them to purchase. By the seventh time, they're like bought in, they trust. And now I saw recently it's up to 20 something. And I was like, no, it's definitely way more. I have a theory it's close to 70. And Mm. my theory is that because if you think about how much we are consuming, our brains can't even handle it. It's actually not healthy, but that's for another day, <laughs> like how yeah. much we are exposed to. So we cannot actually remember what people do. I would joke all the time. I'm like, um, I don't even think my friends and family know what I do because a lot of them don't follow me on Instagram. So I'll throw something on Facebook and they're like, what the heck is she doing? Like, what, what, what is she doing? Now, my husband, he's in real estate. And I remember he's been butthurt so many times because someone goes with someone else. And I'm like, Ryan, they don't even know you're a realtor. Now they do because he's showing up and getting on stories every day. He's posting at least three to four times a week. So now he's top of mind. I don't want the number 70 to freak anyone out. But if you think about it, if you're getting on stories three to four times a day, well, there's four touch points, right? Yeah. Stories are the quickest way to earn trust and help people know what you do. The quickest. Because we love watching Instagram stories. We can tap through them quickly if we want to. But you just simply document your day. And you said it earlier, like, I invite people into my world, right? They know my kids' names. They know where we live. They know the places we go out to eat, the places I like to shop. They know the oat milk creamer I use religiously. And it's funny. I have people that will say, oh, my gosh, someone noted in stories that I switched up my gym routine. I'm like, I'm telling you, we are watching everything. And we're way more clued in, I think, when we're watching stories for whatever reason. I think it's because... We're familiar with stories. We love them. Not for this to be like a stories training, but the quickest way to remind people what you do, what your core values are, rather than worrying about doing a founder story reel or an origin story, that stuff takes time. Just get on stories every day and talk about what you're doing. I mean, and that's the quickest way to drive it home. So for you, for instance, it could almost be like, okay, every day Netta has to showcase one thing you guys are working on behind the scenes. Maybe it's a landing page you're working on. Maybe it's Mm. mail you're opening. Maybe it's a gift someone gave you or a podcast you're editing or a throwback to a podcast. And they'll keep remembering exactly what it is you do. Because if you think about it, you can hit someone 70 times in in one week. If you've got 10 stories up a day and I do a variety, I do behind the scenes of my life. I even talked about today that I was going on this podcast. I talked about we're getting ready for my sister's wedding. I talked about that I'm getting a spray tan, right? I give everyone something to attach to and bond with me over. That's the quickest way to do it is show up on Instagram stories. And I know we talked earlier about people being fearful. I don't show my face every day on stories. I'll show my POV. Give us an example of that, showing your POV. POV, yeah, point of view. So let's say you are in fitness or maybe that's a big part of your brand fitness, wellness. Is there a Pilates studio go to? Do you walk 30 minutes every morning? What is one thing you do every single day? And it sounds boring and it's so not. I share the same stuff almost every day and people take notice. My business partner shows her breakfast and her workout every day and people 
Love it. Because her people are really into that, right? Mm -hmm. And again, I usually show my cup of coffee with my morning view every morning. Today shows on, coffee's poured, Chloe's usually tearing something up, and then I share my computer. <laughs> but it's great because some people love that I watch today's show. And every Sunday we watch CBS Sunday morning at, after church, right? Um, I haven't shared that a lot lately, but especially during the pandemic, every Sunday I shared CBS Sunday morning, my cup of coffee, and I do a little slider with the sun. And then sometimes I have my laptop open. So what they're seeing is, okay, Shannon loves the news. She loves coffee and she's working on content. Boop, boop, boop. They can find usually something to attach to, but they're also reminded what Shannon does. Yeah. So again, if you're in fitness, your feet walking in the morning. Have you gotten outside yet? Invite people in. Uh, maybe you go to Orange Theory. You're an Orange Theory junkie. Oh, today we focus on this. It could be your feet walking into Starbucks to set up for the day. Maybe you're co-working in a co-working space. Uh, don't overthink stories. Seriously. <laughs> the more mundane, the better, I swear. And then the pressure goes off of, oh, I need to have an origin story today. Like that stuff takes time. But another thing, when you are doing your content to remind people what you do, you can literally just say, like, if you're sharing a quick tip or you are sharing a thought opinion or you're doing a weekend recap with your kids, right? Graduation. It's been amazing watching my kid. And as a bop, 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 like you remind people what you do. He's taught me this. Like you can just weave in what you do. And I love my clients always tell me, they're like, you have a real knack for just taking some boring mundane story and segueing it into business. And I'm like, it's storytelling. And it's funny. I always tell people, I'm like, if you go to church and listen to the pastor, he's usually telling a story about sports or the news or something. And then he segues it. It's the same thing. Take those stories, take your boring mundane life that you think is so boring that's not, and just invite them in. And then they'll remember what you do and you will stay top of mind. It occurs to me as you're talking about that, that you're teaching us how to do it for ourselves. Mm -hmm. As a viewer, what I think the attraction is, is not only am I getting to know you, but there's something about the mundane, mm -hmm. but about this repeated over and over Shannon is showing up for me. That's what it feels like. Shannon is showing up for yep. me. So I'm building some sort of loyalty to you. Mm. And I think that people are craving things that are not disruptive, mm -hmm. the, the opposite. Yeah. They're craving like the friend, the friend that I can count on, right? I think that's one thing. I also think for those who are following you that are female founders or founders, period, mm -hmm. that you're setting up your day helps them to set up their day. Very true. Right? Mm -hmm. It's sort of like, okay, she's having her coffee, she's watching the news, she's got the kid who's terrorizing, yes. whatever. You know, what's my excuse? Maybe that could be a part of it. Yeah. Another part of it can be like, it's a very regular thing. You know, she's not in a big fancy office. She doesn't have top of the line camera equipment. No. It's kind of bringing it all to a level that's consumable for people. Mm. It's taking what can look aspirational and making it accessible. I love that. So as you're talking, I'm like, well, yeah, that makes so much sense. If I were watching us, if I were watching Liberty Road, and I know all the things as the founder that's coming soon, it would be nice to know like what's happening. And I, I think my nature is just to wait till it's all tied up in a pretty bow right. and then say, now you can unwrap it. But I think there's something to be said about walking people through the process. And if I'm saying you can do it, no matter your age, then why not just show what I'm doing? 
you know, I don't know if it's going to be a success. We could flop. Mm -hmm. We could have a, a few things that we're moving forward with not work. And I'm actually not that afraid of showing that. I think, who cares? It'll just teach us to pivot and go in another direction. So it seems like something we should be sharing. So thank you for that really encouragement. Of course. I talked a little bit about a survey that we conducted before we got on the podcast. And in the survey, we heard a lot of women talk about kind of fear of social media, fear of technology, um, not knowing how to, and when I say access it, I don't mean how to, you know, get on it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, create an account and post pictures, but now what, you know, they're a little bit like, nobody cares about what I had Mm -hmm. for breakfast. And I think one of the coolest things that's happened in this sort of midlife movement, whether it's around menopause or going gray or learning how to be healthy, you know, being in check with your hormones, wellness in general, so much of this movement is because of Instagram Mm -hmm. solely. So many voices, so many people have come together, so many people have examples to actually see. What say you, Shannon, about how we can embrace technology and embrace social media to get our message across? And and let me just say for the listeners, this doesn't mean that you're a female founder. This could be you eventually want to write a book. Maybe there is, you know, there's a chronic illness in your family and you want to highlight more people that have this. There's no money in it for you. You just are passionate about this. Maybe you are starting a nonprofit. There's so many things beyond just traditional female founders, you know, for-profit businesses here. But help us, Shannon, to get over the technology hump or the how do I embrace IG for myself and use it as a, as a megaphone for something. I love that. I think the biggest thing I tell people is like, what content are you drawn to? And Mm. just to kind of scroll and save things that hit you in the feels or entertained you, made you feel something, helped you, and not copy, but mimic. And the thing with reels in particular and short form video, TikTok, YouTube shorts, things like that. I think where people get so intimidated by it is, you know, when it first started, everyone was doing transitions and dances and, oh my gosh, it was, it was a wild time. And I was like, I don't want to do any of this. I did a few and my husband and I almost got divorced over a transition. I mean, he was like, (laughs) if you don't nail this, because I needed his help. And he was like, I'm not, I'm done. It was so funny. But I realized I was like, why am I doing these complicated reels when all it is, is just a moving photo. And what I mean by that is luckily reels have shifted (laughs) and now it really is. A lot of it is just a pretty, even almost a still video. I do a lot of them, you know, they call it B-roll, which is kind of secondary Mm -hmm. footage. Think of it like candid video of behind the scenes of your life. Like if someone was recording you and you didn't know in your element. Uh, Or I see some reels that are just even a camera set up and a house and you can see the candle flickering. So think it's just a moving photo. Take all the complication out of video because most people, like you said, know how to post a picture. They know how to post more than two pictures. They know how to put a caption. They're good with that. So if reels are what's intimidating you, think of it that way. And what you do is you have your little video. It could be five seconds, eight seconds. Again, it could be anything 
you and your element, obviously it should align with your brand. I tell the boutique owners, obviously like pretty footage of the boutique. I tell my fitness people, my, you know, people on wellness, it could be B-roll of you making breakfast for your kids and just put that thought, that opinion, that tip, that message, that funny story right on top. You're just going to put it right over the video and that's it. And then you're done. I mean, you can obviously, there's more, there's, you know, you got to find your song, the cover photo, all that stuff. But when it comes to the progression of all the short form video that everyone's talking about and everyone was so mad, they're like, I love my pictures. I'm like, first of all, pictures still work. Carousel posts, graphics still work. Um, I do photo dumps. I do graphics. I don't only do reels, but my clients and most of them are older, you know, my age and older. I'm like, we don't have to do anything crazy. And I literally tell them like, send me some video you recently took, just send it to me. And then I'll put some messaging that I know aligns with their brand. And I send it to them and they're like, that's it. I'm like, yeah, that's it. (laughs) Like, it doesn't have to be crazy. Good content is good content. What do your people need to hear? What does the girl or the woman following you in the trenches mm-hmm. of whatever you know that she's in the trenches of, menopause, postpartum, whatever it is that you know, job loss, divorce, whatever you know your audience is going through or what you're going through, <laughs> grab that video, put the message on top, and that's it. Um, I have my dietitian clients do it. I do it. Um, all my clients, all different types of industries do it. Even if it is like a happy, funny thing, And just start there with the technical aspect because reels can get very intimidating if you don't just start there. Yeah. And then, of course, talking to the camera is great too, but that's one of the best ways to get over the hump of going beyond just posting photos on social media. And then again, you know exactly what to say. What did you need to hear the other day? What did you need to hear this morning? A lot of the stuff I put up is because I felt something that day and I was like, you know what? Maybe someone else needs to hear it too. That's awesome. As you were talking about, I was like, oh, there's this and there's this and there's this. Again, it's sort of getting over the hump and Mm -hmm. just starting. Break down for us really quickly the difference between our feeds, our reels, and our stories. Yes. Stories are 24 hours. The second you capture it and push it out there, it's up there. Um, It's more off the cuff. It's less curated. It's, again, inviting people into your world. They last 24 hours in your little profile photo. After 24 hours, or during that 24 hours, if as long as it's circulated on your story for 24 hours, you can then throw them in a highlight if you want, okay. which I always suggest people have highlights because, again, we love stories because we know it's it's the behind the scenes. It's the reality show of everyone's business. <laughs> it's yeah. like this is the real stuff. Your feed, that's where you put your posts, your reels, and this is more of that evergreen content. It stays on there until you delete it. And... Your feed posts are typically a static image, just one image, or you can do up to 10 photos. And they call that a carousel because you can swipe through it. And those are great. And they live on your feed. And then reels are up to 90 seconds right now. I mean, who knows? They could be, (laughs) they'll start extending them soon, but you can make them up to 90 seconds and they're just short form video. And they are the quickest way to get in front of brand new people that you have not gotten in front of. Mm -hmm. Based on the algorithm? Based on the algorithm. Because the Reels tab in itself, if you scroll to the Reels tab, which is almost, if you're on TikTok, it's almost like the For You page. So you're watching content from people you don't even know. Right. You'll see someone you know every once in a while. 
So that's why I love Rails because it's a really good way to get in front of new people. But it's also, again, a mindset shift because a lot of the content we've been producing for all these years are for our current community. Yeah. And, you know, some people would come along and trickle in. But so when you're creating Reels, really think about that. Like, this is going to go to the masses. So you got to be make sure it's a really targeted message to make sure that it gets in front of the right people. And they can be up to 90 seconds. They can just be you talking for 90 seconds straight. They can be, like I said, a three-second, four-second video with some text on top. As you're scrolling, save the content that speaks to you and study what got, what got you. Right. You know, was it the hook? Was it the message? Was it the lighting? Was it the image? Um, and that's how you really get to know. I study everyone else's stuff sometimes. I'm like, how'd they just get me to binge their page for an hour. (laughs) What was it about that? And and you'll slowly get to understand how you can do the same and help your people feel seen and and just obsessed with your content. And to your earlier point, it's not all funny, you know, dynamic, energetic Mm -hmm. people. And I would encourage our listeners, go on to Shannon's Instagram. And is it at Shannon McKinstry? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you do what you just said. Like you show up in the way that you just said. So you're not just like, do what I say, not what right. I do. You're actually doing uh-huh. it. And your organic growth is off the charts. You're growing yeah, by crazy. thousands every week. Reels are have helped me for sure. But I just know my people. I know what they need to hear. And yeah. that's what it comes down to. It's a great example and a great place to start. Thank you. Because you have so many people in the membership, and I'm assuming a lot of them are in the demographic of the 40 plus, Mm -hmm. what's sort of a, maybe a success story that you can pull out that somebody who came in and was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do this and is now killing it. Yes, I have someone. And it's kind of crazy because she was DMing me and she was like, my count is stagnant. She was in a, I want to say a couple thousand, maybe three, 4,000 followers. She's a dietitian, nutritionist, and mainly busy professional working women in their 40s. But, you know, metabolism's going down, all that good stuff. Know it well. Yeah. She knows her audience. I was looking at her content. I was like, you know what? Um, Why don't you make your content more digestible and easy and like someone could do something with it right now? I think for years, all of our stuff was like, here's how to do this. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I can't do this right now. This is like a whole lecture. This is going to take a year. So we switched her content. So she came into the society. She used our audios. She used our concepts, our captions. She's almost at 94. I checked yesterday. She was at 94,000 followers. Now, this is not normal. I was like, holy (laughs) crap, Katie. But she had like four reels go viral. And ever since then, they've just been going, 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 going. And within two, three weeks of her saying, I couldn't get anyone in my thing. She couldn't get anyone to join her program. So it wasn't just the account growth. It was the sales. She sold out her program. It was insane. And now a lot of our people, because, you know, everyone in the membership knows. So we're like, go look at what she's doing. It's not that hard, but she made it easy. You know, stuff like this protein smoothie helped my client lose 30 pounds. So again, she's putting the pain point and the desire and her expertise, one, two, three in the hook. She's saying my client, so they know she does something in health. She's saying the desire that they lost, right. And they know the pain point because the person needed to lose weight. And they can see it's simple. It's one recipe. And she'll do stuff like, this is my three Trader Joe's essentials as a dietitian and busy mom. So we go, oh, she's a dietitian. So she's yeah. she knows what she's talking about. Trader Joe's, anyone who shops at Trader Joe's is going to watch it no matter what because yeah. they're loyal. Yeah. So pick brands that your people are already loyal with. And then number three, they attach to 
busy mom. And all these just go crazy. It's just, it's so simple. But she shouts out her people and she shouts out the problem in every single hook. That's awesome. Busy professionals, busy women, busy moms. She calls them out and they feel immediately like, oh, like she opened the door. Yeah. She's like, come on in. (laughs) That's a great example of somebody who's killing it. What would you say to somebody who came to you and said, you know, I'm... 50, 60. Yeah. I have no business on social. What what would you say to them? Right. Again, I would say, what's your message? What's your mission? Why are you here? Why do you want to grow a community? I've worked with someone who she wanted to create a community for empty nesters. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what a cool thing. Because mm-hmm. how many empty nesters feel lonely right now? Yeah. So again, I would ask that. And the next thing I would say is, how do they feel right now? And what could you say to him? And that's it. It's that simple. Yeah. And I've said that in so many real, I say the same stuff over and over again, Netta. I just say it over and over again. And I did one the other day. I was like, it's not why is my engagement bad or why does no one, it's how is your person feeling today? That's it. Yeah. And how can you make them happy? How can you make them smile? How can you make them feel not alone? Or how can you help them? What's something you can help them? What's a product you love? It's everything. Yeah. I would say our top engagement, this is just in the feed, but it's always our funny little quotes. They're not even our quotes. You know, we're shouting out somebody else. Right. But I think it is that, oh, that's a funny spin on on midlife. Now we need to expand that because there's so much more that we want to offer. But okay, I can't believe the time is is slipping away. I have to ask you this last question. And thank you so much for your expertise. Yeah, of course. I'm inspired to use it right away for Liberty. But how has the work that you're doing, the many people that you've impacted and liberated yourself, how has that work as a social media expert liberated you? Oh, I love this. I feel like I know who I am. If that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like I, I felt very lost for a long time. Like, why am I here? Why am I on this planet? Other than, you know, I love my girls, but what else What else can I do here? Again, like I said, I kind of hid in conference rooms for years and just shied away from ever sharing my opinion. And so I think it just made me feel like, oh, I guess I do have something cool to share. And I, even though I'm not the smartest <laughs> of all the people out there who do what I do, I think I just help it feel doable to people. And that means more to me than anything. Yeah. I can't promise someone you'll go viral. I can't promise them Katie's story, but I can promise them that they can do it and that they can have a lot of fun doing it. And that's really helped me because um, I know so many people that will DM me and be like, I was about to give up or they were having anxiety over all the things they were being told. I'm like, you guys, no, this is so cool. Like you get to reach people and help people. I mean, I've worked with people all over the world. It's crazy. The reach you can have on these platforms. So I think what's helped me is just believing myself, knowing that your voice can be heard. And there are people out there that do need to hear your message, even if they've heard it from other people. Yeah. When you said hidden conference rooms and you said Mm -hmm. that you didn't feel smart, and then you just now you said what you have to say, that your voice needs to be heard. I was like, Shannon, your voice needs to be heard. You should never have been hiding, but you probably had to go through that to emerge in this space, right? Yes, absolutely. Our stories are all connected to where we are now. And I'm so glad that you came on and shared your story and really are inspiring and equipping us to figure out how to share our own on social media. Thank you for your time, Shannon. I appreciate it. Thank you, Netta. This was wonderful. Thank you for um, allowing me to be here and talk to your community. 
Absolutely. I don't think this is the last time you're going to be on. No, I hope not. I hope We're going <laughs> to figure out how to get more of that Shannon juice Yay. into our social feeds. And Liberty listeners, thank you guys for hanging out with uh, Shannon and with me. It's always fun to get in your ear with these experts and really inspire you guys to go out and do the thing that you need to be doing. Until next week. Bye. Liberty Road is broadcast on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. If you like what you've heard, please follow, rate, and review Liberty Road on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It helps us to know if these episodes are inspiring and equipping your ventures. Liberty Road is produced by Netta Jones and Elizabeth Joy Windham and music by Jordan Flower. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.